Welcome along to a bonus edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Champions League football returns to the carpet tonight and I thought I'd kill some time uh, before the big game. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get down there. Uh, we're going to be talking Ivan Tony after he's been linked with a move to Arsenal. Not for the first time, but those reports are intensifying. We're going to discuss that. We're going to talk Aaron Ramsdale's future. We'll talk a little bit about Mikel Arteta's press conference yesterday and we'll take some of your thoughts from the live chat. All of that on this live edition, live bonus edition of the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Let's go. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hope you're all good. Hope you're all well. Welcome uh, along to the podcast. Uh, sorry about earlier on. Uh, we tried to do a live stream uh, a little bit earlier, about a couple of hours ago now. And um, for some reason, when I was pressing go live on my software, the stream just wasn't pulling through to YouTube. I have no idea why that was. I did the, I done the old uh, master sort of uh, fix, which was basically turn it all off and on again. And it seems to be working now, uh, which is great news. Happy Champions League Day, uh, says Amira in the chat. Hope you're all good. Hope you are all well, as I say. I mean, yeah, I'm buzzing, buzzing for tonight. Really, really am. And figured, should I do a podcast during the day? I was, I was sitting there thinking, or should I just leave it till after the game? You know, we're going to do one after the game. Um, do we really need to do one now or or will it not have much of a shelf life? But I figured there are other stories that we can talk about and other things that we can get into. So here we are, um, a good, what, six hours before the big one uh, tonight. Uh, Owen Young says, if Harry doesn't sing the Champions League song, I'm unsubbing. I'll tell you what I'll do, or I'll try and remember to do. I might get caught up in the moment, though. It's going to be emotional. I might do it while it's happening in the stadium. But I'm definitely not going to sit here in the middle of the 90-min office singing the Champions League theme song. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Owen. If I lose a subscriber, I lose a subscriber. Um, sorry, man. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, right. Let's say a few hellos uh, to some of you in the live chat. We've got Christoph. We've got uh, Jan Tora Fjeldstad, who's with us. Uh, we've got Glenn, Jamie. Andy's here. Uh, we've got Tobago Guna. We've got Jay Neasy. Uh, Juno says, got tickets on the exchange 20 minutes ago. Absolutely buzzing, H. I'm so chuffed for you. I really, really am. And you know what? The ticket exchange gets a lot of stick. There's a lot of fans that moan about it, complain about it, say it's not fit for purpose. I actually think it's a fantastic system. You know, I really, really do. Um, there's been times where I've put my ticket on there over the past couple of seasons when I've been working at matches and I haven't found out sometimes until two days before the game and you're like oh well what am I going to do with my ticket there you go ticket exchange you put it on there and it goes back onto your account which is great and it obviously means that it reduces the cost um when uh when of course the renewal comes along which is always great uh Paul Nell says Harry with the fresh trim for the big game I'll tell you what mate I've needed one for a little while probably since I got back uh from Greece um which was uh, a little while ago now uh, but I've been waiting for the Champions League and North London Derby week. <laughs> um, right, we're going to do uh, a few bits and pieces on this live edition of the show. Remember, if you haven't done so already, like, subscribe, all the rest of it. Big special hello as well uh, to Divine Lawrence, who says, good to be here for the first time. Good to have you, my friend. Um, welcome to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Um, right, let's uh, let's talk then 
Uh, let's start off with this Ivan Tony stuff. According to reports, Arsenal could make a move for Ivan Tony in January. Now, of course, Ivan Tony's currently serving a ban, uh, having broken the FA's betting rules on more than one occasion, shall we say. Um, he's expected to return to Brentford um, training very, very soon. Remember, he wasn't even allowed to train with the club as a part of this ban. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week um, that he returns properly uh, to Brentford training, but obviously his ban is getting closer and closer towards its end. It's not quite there yet, but naturally there is speculation about Ivan Tony because he's been a really, really good um, player in the Premier League for Brentford since they've been promoted. You know, if I bring up his record, uh, which I'll just do now just to make sure that I'm not plucking numbers out of thin air and that there is some credence to what I'm saying. But if I um, if I bring this up, bear with me a second. Of course, the, the website's going to be slow. The one time I want to use it. Of course, it's going to take ages. Um, anyway, basically, <laughs> Ivan Tony's record for Brentford, I think, is fantastic. I think he's been a talisman for them and he's been key in Brentford establishing themselves as a Premier League club. And and as a good force, you know, I've, I've been down to Brentford a fair few times in a working capacity. I've covered them a lot over the last couple of seasons where I've been working for BBC London and and I've really enjoyed watching them play. I think that um, that Thomas Frank is a breath of fresh air. And I think he's got the perfect balance within that group and within that squad. He's got a club that simply have no right to be in the Premier League in terms of their size and stature, you know, punching well above their weight. And Ivan tony has been a big, big part of that. At some point, I'm sure he's going to move on. At some point, I'm sure Brentford are going to accept that the time has come in Ivan Tony's career where... He needs the next step and he's going to make that next move. And out of love for, you know, what he's done for them, I'm sure they will facilitate a deal. Now, when I say facilitate, obviously they're going to get paid and they're going to be paid handsomely. But I don't think you're going to see a Brighton situation, if that makes sense. I don't think you're going to see Brentford go hundred million pounds. That's our price. Take it or leave it. I just don't see that with Brentford. I think they're very much open to the idea of letting him move on if the right club comes in for him if he wants to make the move if he wants to move on Brentford as I say I think will be open to that and based on the reports that we're reading and the stuff that we're hearing um, it sounds like a fee of around about 60 million pounds would do it now Ivan Tony's reputation has been tarnished by what's happened there's no question about that not to a point where you know he can't recover and not to a point where you know, I would now stay away from him or steer clear of him. I'm a big, big believer in second chances, right? I'm a big believer that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Ivan Tony's mistake hurt nobody but himself. And so I'm not angry at him. You know, I I, I want him to, to get better. We want him to get past this gambling addiction that he kind of half admitted he has and half admitted he and half kind of denied. But I think if you read in between the lines, it's clear that he he took a, a, you know, it's clear that he got a buzz out of it and, and an adrenaline rush. And that was what was fueling this behavior. Now, the behavior is obviously wrong. You can't do it when you're in the world of football, especially betting on games involving your own team, which I think is 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 crazy. You can't bet on other games either because you kind of find yourself as a footballer sometimes in a position, I'm sure, where you've got information that maybe isn't out in the public domain. And that's at the crux of it, why footballers aren't allowed to gamble and aren't allowed to get involved in that stuff. But I'm not in a place where I'm like, oh my God, what Ivan Tony did is unforgivable. Therefore, um, therefore, 
let's completely dismiss the possibility and the idea of signing him. In the past, I've been critical of Ivan Tony. I didn't like the way he spoke about Arsenal um, after they beat us that time. I don't like the way he conducts himself in certain situations. And I also said on a podcast recently that when he gave that interview with Stephen Bartlett on a diary of a CEO where he talked about this whole situation and this whole scenario, I didn't think he came across that well. I think there is a conversation to be had around Ivan Tony's character and whether or not he he would fit in the dressing room. But it's not because I want to hang him out to drive for the gambling. You know, listen, it is what it is. He broke the rules. He's going to take his punishment. He's going to take it on the chin. He's lost six months of his career, possibly more by the time he gets back up to full fitness. You know, he's he's paid for it, right? And so that is not the bit that I'm stuck on here. But just in terms of Ivan Tony's character, from what I've learned from listening to those interviews, but also having come face to face with him on a couple of occasions, I'm not sure he's the type of person that I'd be rushing to sign if I were Arsenal Football Club. When you fix the culture at a football club, obviously you don't want to bring players in that you think could jeopardise that or could rock that boat. But at the same time, if you trust in and believe in the culture that you've built and you believe that it is watertight and that it is solid and that you know there are enough lieutenants out there for you as a manager that are going to make sure that your values are adhered to and that your um, rules are adhered to, then I don't think you should always be completely adverse to the idea of maybe signing someone that is a little bit on the edge of that. You will probably feel, if you're really confident in your culture and, and in the spirit that you've built, you'll probably feel that actually that player coming in would would probably benefit themselves from being a part of that and might change themselves rather than them being a disruptor in a group of 24 other players who are all on board, all singing from the same hymn sheet. Lots of great successful teams with the right team spirit, with the right mentality in the dressing room have had mavericks or players who characteristically just aren't quite the right fit, especially on in theory. So I don't know. This is a really, really interesting one. Me personally, as I say, I'm not sure about Ivan Tony, but you look at him as a footballer and, and make the judgment based on that, I guess. And if you think he's a good footballer and he's going to come in and improve the team and improve the squad, and you think you can cope with those other factors that I've mentioned, then then maybe you go for it. Maybe there's an opportunity to get Ivan Tony for slightly less because of this situation. I mean, for example, I think Brentford would have been quoting more than £60 million had this not happened. This has obviously had an impact on his value and the way he's seen uh, by people outside of Brentford Football Club. So, yeah, it's going to be um, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Really, really is. Uh, let's go over to uh, the comments just before we do that, though, just to be clear. I'm not saying that we're signing him. I'm not saying that the reports that Arsenal are planning a move for him in January are accurate. I'm just sharing my view and my opinion on um, whether or not he'd be a good fit. In terms of as a player, we know he's a, an ice-cold penalty taker. We know he's a good finisher. We know he can play as a target man. We know he's no stranger to the physical side of the game and actually at times relishes that. He's 27 years old, so he's at a point in his career where he is ripe, if you like, um, and a player who you don't have to worry about in terms of coming in, needing a long adaptation period, all the rest of it. And I finally managed to bring up his goal record. 32 goals and nine assists in 68 Premier League games. 
So he's nearly at one in two in the Premier League. And he's got nine assists to add to that as well. You know, if you go back to his days in the Championship, 31 goals in 45 games. In League One, 65 in 165. And in League Two, 11 goals in 53 games. He has progressively got better and better. And he's progressively upped his level in line with the division that he's playing in. So I think he's a player that, you know, you got to feel could make that step up to a club like Arsenal because he's made step ups before. Will he be able to handle the expectation that's around him at a club like Arsenal where, you know, you go out every week and you're expected to win and nothing else will do? That remains to be seen. But I think in terms of him progressing in his career, I think there's ample evidence to say that when he's asked to go up to another level, he's been able to do that and, and perform at a high standard. Let's say uh, a few big hellos. Uh, Rob Segal says, uh, change into my Arsenal shirt, leaving home and getting down there early. Uh, all 11 of us are booked up for Lons away. Come on, you Reds. Brilliant stuff, mate. Hopefully bump into you down there tonight. Um, yeah, I'm going to be there really, really early tonight. I've got a couple of bits of work uh, to be doing around the ground and around the game. I'm really excited to be uh, going to a Champions League game to watch the Arsenal um, for the first time in a long time. And I'm also really, really excited because, and I know I mentioned this on yesterday's podcast, it probably won't mean anything to anybody else, but this is the first time I get to report on Arsenal in an official capacity on a Champions League night. And for me, that's what I dreamed of when I started um, started in this in this job and, and when I left my old career to pursue something that I was really, really interested in. So for me, you know, it is a milestone night. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to enjoy it whilst working, obviously. But I'm going to take it all in is, is the point I'm trying to make. Um, Owen says, this feels like Zaha 2.0 uh, with regards to Tony. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's one of those that we're going to be linked with every single summer. Will it happen? I don't know. Uh, Matt G says, Tony's a huge risk. He's currently in rehab for a gambling addiction. If he had an alcohol or drugs addiction... I think less fans would be so keen to bring him in. Yeah, agreed, because you would argue that those those addictions that you've referenced there, for example, an alcohol or a drug addiction would have an adverse impact on his body, which is not something you want to know or hear when you're about to put a big amount of money uh, on the table to bring someone in. I understand that addiction is addiction and it's a problem either way. Um, but I think in this instance, this is an addiction that you will feel that if he can get past it, then uh, mentally, then then you're okay because it hasn't had an adverse impact on his body. It hasn't taken years off his career or anything like that. So I do think there are differences here, but I agree with you when you say, I think there's a bigger conversation around our understanding of addiction. It's a good point. Um, it's a good point. Uh, let's, uh, let's continue uh, through the comments. Um, Sambod says, my best friend is uh, friends with Sergi Canos, who just moved to Valencia. He has told him some wild stories about Tony. Stay away from me. Uh, Andy Jackson says, bring him to the carpet. Um, Curtis says, he doesn't work hard enough off of the ball uh, for Mikel. Great show you got going. Subscribe today. Keep it up. Thank you so much, mate. Really, really uh, appreciate your kind words. Uh, Judy Agada says, I might need to hide my missus with your new trim, H. Not going to lie. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm, I'm, I, I'm happy with my missus. I'm not going after anybody else's. Um, Mario Romano says, Afternoon, Harry. See you at the game later. I'm gassed to be going. A place we belong. Absolutely. Lots of you looking forward to the anthem as well. Um, 
which is always great to see. Matt says, I want to hear these wild Tony stories. Me too. Maybe we can make a podcast of it. Ask Sergi Canos if he's up for it. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So that's the Ivan Tony bit. Would he be a good sign-in? I think there's reason to believe that he could be, but I agree and accept that there are factors here uh, that could have an impact. Um, right. Ramsdale being monitored by Chelsea and Bayern Munich, according to reports. We're going to take a really, really, really brief pause, and then we're going to get into that. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's a bonus edition of the podcast. We're talking... Ivan Tony, we're talking Aaron Ramsdale. We're uh, gassing up tonight's Champions League game. Um, and uh, we're going to take a few of your thoughts at the end of the show as well. Um, don't forget to leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Looking at how many of you are with us currently, there's no reason why we shouldn't have at least 100 likes on the board. So please do help out with that. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Leave a like on the video if you haven't done so already as well. That really, really does help. Okay, so Aaron Ramsdale um, has been linked with moves to Chelsea and to Bayern Munich. Um, allegedly, these two clubs are monitoring his situation. This all comes off the back of him being dropped, dropped or rested or rotated, I think is the term that Mikel Arteta would probably prefer to use for the Everton game. Listen, I don't think that was such a big deal. Like... If Aaron Ramsdale starts tonight in the Champions League against PSV Eindhoven, then surely the talk around him leaving has to reduce significantly off the back of that. I've said this to you guys before. I feel like there are certain journalists out there that write reports that I would class as opportunistic more than factual or more than based on information that they've received. Now, to link Aaron Ramsdale with two clubs that need a goalkeeper after he's just been dropped from the Premier League. It's the obvious thing to do. And I, I never understand why people fall for these things. Yeah, maybe Chelsea look at Aaron Ramsdale and think he'd be a good acquisition, but it doesn't mean that we're going to play ball. And from what we understand and from what we're hearing, and Fabrizio Romano said it too, because I know there's a lot of people that only believe something if it comes from Fabrizio Romano's, uh, I was going to say mouth, but he tweets it, doesn't he? X is it. Is that what it's called now? Anyway, it feels to me like, um, you know, if if all the noises are suggesting that Ramsdale is still a part of the plans, which I believe he is, then there's no reason to be worried or concerned about this at the moment. But if and if it's a very big if Chelsea were interested in Aaron Ramsdale, you've got to be asking for top, top dollar because they have fleeced us most of the time when we've bought players from them. So we've got to do the same thing. I'd want at least 70 million for Aaron Ramsdale. 25-year-old goalkeeper, um, you know, about to, I think, make his bow in the UEFA Champions League. Yeah, um, you go out, you got to ask big, big money um, for that to even be a conversation. And at that point, if you've established that David Rye is your number one and someone's coming in looking for a goalkeeper and you can get that kind of money, then you take it and you don't worry about the fact that it's Chelsea. You take it and you run. Um, that's how business works. But anyway, no reason to be concerned about that at this moment in time. Um, I said we were going to reflect briefly on Mikel Arteta's press conference, uh, the press conference that he gave yesterday afternoon at about 3.30pm. Um, and I, I'm not going to run through all of it because he kind of gave us, you know, what we were expecting, which is that there's still no diagnosis really on Gabriel Martinelli in terms of what that problem that he suffered is and how long that's going to keep him out for. Um, we also heard a little bit about um, you know, why he doesn't feel like his players not all being 
experience in the Champions League is going to be a problem. He talked about the importance of, well, he was asked about the importance of some of his more experienced players and how they will help. He, he said he was excited and proud to be managing in the Champions League for the first time. All the usual stuff you get when you go into the competition for the first time as a manager and obviously take back a club that have been missing from Europe's top table since the 2016-17 season. The more I say that, the more wild it is, because I don't think anybody at the time when we dropped out of the competition envisaged that we were going to be out for this long. I certainly didn't anyway, um, I have to say. But look, um, we are where we are. We're back. Let's enjoy it. Let's make the most of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't um, I can't wait to see how tonight unfolds and, and how far we can go in this competition. But there was one bit that I wanted to highlight, which was... Um, a part of the press conference where my good friend and, and many of you listen to his show as well, uh, Tom Canton over at the Guna Talk, who was working for Football.London yesterday, he asked Mikel Arteta, and I'm, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but he asked him a question along the lines of what would you describe as the differences between Raya and Ramsdale? Um, and therefore, how would that help you determine which one is better for which game because Mikel Arteta had suggested after uh, the game uh, on Sunday that he was quite happy to rotate goalkeepers that he'd even considered in the past changing goalkeepers in game which is something that's completely unheard of for a lot of us um, so yeah that, that was a really really valid question a really really good question in my opinion the best question of the of the uh, the press conference but in typical Mikel Arteta fashion he dodged it um, he said, I don't want to get into that. I'm not going to get into the differences between Reese Nelson or Fabio Vieira and all the rest of it. It was such a Mikel Arteta cop-out answer. And I have to say, like, if I think about it, he was never going to answer that because he's Mikel Arteta. But credit to Tom for asking that question because I thought it was a really, really brilliant, intelligent, well-thought-out question that wasn't your typical, oh, so you're back in the Champions League. How do you think it's going to go? Blah, blah, blah. I thought it was great. Um, so props to Tom. I'm gutted for you that Mikel Arteta didn't give you an answer. Um, I think about it more and more, and the more I think he was never going to, but props to you for asking that question. Because if you do get an answer from a question like that, then you make a real splash. So um, well done, Tom. And um, And I thought, as I say, that was the best part of the press conference. It's just unfortunate that Mikel Arteta was being, well, Mikel Arteta. Anyway, um, I was going to take uh, a couple of questions, but I've just seen the time. I'm running out of time. Um, we will do more questions um, on the upcoming shows. Uh, we're going to bring you a reaction podcast tonight uh, after the PSV game. We'll go for about half an hour live uh, on this very channel. Uh, we're also um, going to be bringing you a members mailbag episode on Friday. So members, get your questions in ahead of time. And on Friday, we'll do what we did last week, which is drop a full length episode based solely on your questions. That's for members that are signed up on the Another Slice platform. The link is in the description below. Uh, check it out. And um, if you're interested in, um, in joining and supporting, then um, yeah, I, I really, really appreciate it. Right. So um, just wanted to say one more thing before I, I, I say my goodbyes. Um, one second. Yeah, just making sure um, I'm not going to choke up during this bit. So I started podcasting three, three and a half years ago. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a long old ride. It's been a good ride. And um, 
someone that's been along with me on this ride from the very, very beginning, because I literally brought them on board when I started this journey, if you like, is this headset here. This headset has been with me from day one. I don't use it when I'm at home recording anymore. I don't use it when I'm in the studio recording anymore, but I always keep it in my bag in case I need to jump on and do an impromptu podcast or something on the move. But unfortunately, our time together is coming to an end. This this headset has been through it all. Look at it. It's falling apart. I've tried to hide it as best as I can, but time is up. Um, I felt like I didn't want to just let the headset go and disappear without a goodbye. And I felt as though the headset needed to be honoured in the best possible way. Now, throughout my journey podcasting, Arsenal haven't been in the Champions League. Well, we are tonight. And so tonight, this headset will come with me to Emirates Stadium. And with this headset, we will record its final episode at Emirates Stadium after a Champions League game. It's only fitting that it goes out in Europe's premier competition. I've ordered a new headset. It arrived earlier today. So after tonight's game, this one will be officially retired. Um, so yeah, just wanted to say my piece for this headset. I paid like 20 quid for it. And it has been amazing in terms of reliability. Um, yeah, Jid says, give it a name, Harry. I'll let you guys name it. You guys can name the headset. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been emotional. I might just keep it in my bag just for old time's sake, but yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, had its, uh, it's had its time. It's had better days. Look at it. Hold on a second. Look at this. It is completely falling apart. Look at that. Look, it's all ripped. It's all shredded. It's all falling apart. It's... Eric Welsh says, name it Santi. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you guys um, fill up the comments um, with your suggestions and I'll pick the best one. But may the headset rest in peace after its testimonial tonight at Emirates Stadium uh, <laughs> for our post-Champions League uh, Match Day 1 podcast. Right, um, I'm going to leave you all to it. Thank you so, so much for joining me. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, all the rest of it. Come on, you Gunners. Enjoy tonight's game and we'll get that one out of the way. We'll hopefully be reacting to a really, really positive uh, night at Emirates Stadium. And then our attention turns, of course, to the North London Derby on Sunday. Thank you all so much. I'll see you guys soon. Until then, take care. All the best. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.